Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. And Mike Pence is out. He wasn't going to make the third debate, and there was no point in moving forward. You're not on the debate stage. You're not in it. And even if you're in it, Trump's ahead by 30, 35 points. There was no room for his message. As we discussed here, his problem wasn't even Trump. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. His problem was Nikki Haley and Tim Scott. They were competing for the evangelical vote. And in that competition, there was a very, very small path. Traveling across the country over the past six months, I came here to say it's become clear to me, this is not my time. So after much prayer and deliberation, I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today. Now, I'm leaving this campaign, but let me promise you, I will never leave the fight for conservative values, and I will never stop fighting to elect principled Republican leaders to every office in the land. So help me God. So the argument is not, well, he didn't do the right job on January 6th. No, he did the right thing on January 6th. He didn't have the ability to overturn anything, and that's the end of the ballgame. And the people who screamed traitor were always wrong and always pretty terrible. Is there room for Mike Pence in the party? Well, it all depends on whether or not uh, Trump gets the nomination. I mean, that, that, that's what it depends on. Uh, in any other, for any other candidate, he is the top tier choice for Secretary of State. I don't think it, it, it comes close. A series of other uh, cabinet positions or opportunities, I don't think it comes close. For a guy who so uh, seriously believes in and, and, and preaches the concepts of servant leadership, I think he would do it. Well, I take that back. Of course he would do it. And so with that, I think that his his opportunities still exist. There's also what he does in the world of, of PACs. And if people still feel that he can get others elected, He'll be able to raise money, make money, give out the money, and 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 move and move elections forward. We'll see how that develops for him. But seeing a future where he is a viable elected candidate, I don't. I'm just I'm looking at the, at the field now, looking at the future and saying, 
I don't see where his future is. Somebody wrote me, oh, he's, he's got opportunities for 2028. We have no idea that's true, and I don't see any anything that resembles that. I don't see it. There's going to be a younger crop, a different crop, and that's the way that one went. Mike Pence is out of the race for president. The debate is November 8th. And of course, you can go to Cigar and Debate. Is it Cigars? It's Cigars. Cigarsanddebate.com. If you haven't already gotten uh, your uh, your spot for our debate party, uh, go to Cigarsanddebate.com. And you can sign up. And uh, the cigars and the bourbon, that's that's on me. And Americans for Prosperity, who's sponsoring the thing. So, Cigarsanddebate.com. Get over there. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. I clarified that what I meant is that the existence of Israel is absolutely legitimate, and I think the world has come to see it as legitimate. However, there are racists within the Netanyahu government, and there are racist policies that Israel has been carrying out. You want to know about some bigotry, you should check out the Jew haters we have in Congress, Representative Jayapal. Ooh, Jamal Bowman, Andre Carson, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Corey Bush, jeepers. Oh, did, did you hear Andre Carson uh, threaten somebody? Oh, that's great. That is great. I will share that with you in the next hour. I'll make it the popcorn moment. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. That's at 715 for those of you who play the home game. I'll play it then. Pramila Jayapal, I called Israel racist. I meant that their policies are racist. Whatever whatever you say. Uh, Pramila Jayapal, who heads up the Progressive Caucus in the House of Representatives, also warned uh, Joe Biden that, look, uh, you keep supporting Israel and you might lose Muslim votes. Muslim and Arab votes might be lost if you keep supporting Israel. Which is a really super weird thing to say. Because it's 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 one of two things by saying that. I I kid you not, this is very odd. Break it down just a little bit. If you keep supporting Israel, it might cost you Muslim voters. So is she not worried about Jewish voters? Or do you just assume that you have them because uh, Jews vote for liberals far too often because, well, it's it's ridiculous and it's embarrassing and I've only been talking about it for years and maybe now they'll actually vote in their best interest. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. And also, would, would, if, if you're seeing Israel get uh, viciously attacked, if you're seeing everything around the world that wants Israel to be destroyed, are you saying that's what Muslims in the U.S. want? As a block? As a monolithic group? Is this what Pramila Jayapal is saying? Because that's messed up. That is very messed up to say that every Muslim in America wants that. That's a messed up thing to say, and somebody should ask Pramila Jayapal why she's saying it. Gross stuff. The ground invasion, that has begun. And good. And Gaza will be different when it is all done. At last report, pushing two miles have Israeli soldiers into the Gaza Strip. 
This is uh, to to the north. This is where they're at. You do have some aid that is getting through through something called the Rafa Gate with Egypt. You also have aid that has already been stolen by Hamas, exactly like we all said it would be. This screaming of Israel has to provide this, Israel has to provide that, Israel does not have to provide anything. And every other conversation is just the ranting of a weak child. Hamas has to give up, give back the hostages, surrender, and then the people of Gaza have a chance at a life. But as long as Hamas is there, as long as Hamas is in power, as long as Hamas is in control, And there is no pressure on Hamas, rather only pressure on Israel to end. Well then, well there's 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 nothing after that. You can't you 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 can't get anything done if Hamas doesn't surrender. You can't engage ceasefires or anything like that. Ceasefires don't work. Ceasefires don't work. You don't want to take my word for it? That's totally fine. Take this lady's word for it. People who are calling for a ceasefire now do not understand Hamas. That is not possible. It would be such a gift to Hamas because they would spend whatever time there was a ceasefire in effect rebuilding their uh, armaments, you know, creating stronger positions to be able to fend off uh, an eventual um, assault by the Israelis. So we're in a very different world. I don't think it had to be the world we're in, but that's where we are, and we've got to figure our way uh, forward through it. That's right. Hillary Clinton speaking truth. Hold on. <laughs> exactly. Um, this would not have been the world if Biden was stronger. This would not have been the world if Hamas was dealt with years ago. But here we are. Here we are. Now, there's a lot of talk about this ground invasion because people like Jake Sullivan, National Security Advisor, want you to know that the onus is on Israel and Israel alone. At the same time, it is absolutely true that Hamas is doing everything in its power to put those people in harm's way, to use them as human shields, to hide rocket infrastructure and other forms of terrorist infrastructure among civilian areas. And yes, there is a burden, as I said before, and as the president has said, on Israel uh, to take the necessary steps to distinguish between Hamas, who does not represent the Palestinian people, and innocent Palestinian civilians. But it doesn't lessen their responsibility under international humanitarian law. And yes, it is also true that what we are providing to Israel is subject to the laws of war and to uh, the requirements that steps be taken to protect innocent life. Those are requirements we impose any time we transfer weapons to another country. They put the bombs where the kids are. They fire the bombs from where the kids are. And then tell Israel, best of luck. And yet we see the world over, it's only about Israel. It's only about the destruction of Israel. It's only about ruination of Israel and, of course, Jews. That's what we see. There was an airport in Russia. And what was learned was that a flight was coming in from Israel. 
So a crowd gathered to hunt down the Jews. They closed the facility. The flight was diverted. This happened. This is this happened in real time. We watched it happen last night, uh, our time, through social media. The videos were out. We have stories out of Cornell University. We have stories out of Tulane. Pick a city. Stories of these rallies for free Palestine. It's not a free Palestine rally. They don't even know what they're talking about. It's a pro-Hamas rally, and everybody knows it. If Hamas would just give up, if Hamas would just surrender, it all stops. But they use children who they kidnapped and their own children as shields. You have members of Hamas who have said as clear as day that women, children, the elderly must die in Gaza to help our fight against Israel. But it's the Israelis who have the burden on them. Sure. If the world would put the burden on Hamas, this would all be over. But the world puts the burden on Israel because they want Israel to be over. They're fine with terrorists. They want dead Jews. And everybody pushing for a ceasefire is doing the same thing. So no, I don't believe in ceasefires. No, I don't favor the ceasefire. No, I don't want to see the ceasefire. Does it mean that people are going to die? Yes. Do I believe the uh, Gaza Health Ministry? God, no, in terms of the number of the dead. There are people who are dead. Tell Hamas to surrender. That's what the rational person would do. But we don't have rational people in the United States and around the globe. We do have a lot of Jew haters, including right here in Indiana. So Matthew Perry, dead at the age of 54, and I, I did not know he was so young. I didn't know that. I don't know why I thought he was definitively older when he was doing uh, the show Friends, but I did. I don't know. His age more hit me than anything else. Tony Katz. 93 WIBC, good morning. He's at his home. He's in a hot tub. Someone called 911. I still don't know who uh, that that was. He had dealt with addiction issues, supposedly was doing better, helping other people get into uh, treatment. I don't know. I don't know what what led to uh, the end. I'm not going to, to guess. I'm not going to speculate. I'm going to say uh, that he had friends and he had family and their loss must be great at this moment. I I am always floored that Friends as a show so resonates so many places. It's it's quite it is quite incredible. It's 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 a bit maddening. It truly is. But I I will also tell you that I I had some people on my social media feeds who were like, hey, this is a good time to make some pretty crass jokes. I, I've done a good job of deleting people over the past couple of days. I got to admit. Yeah, some things I just don't need in my life. Look, some people delete me. I delete other people. It's okay. It's all right. You don't need everybody. 
You, you, you just need your people. That is all. But dead at the age of 54, Matthew Perry. And uh, I I guess we'll find out more or we won't. And I'm on, I'm honestly okay with with either. They can share or not share. It's his life. It's his friends. Let them, let them have at it. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Where does the UAW strike go from here? Because as is reported, the United Auto Workers may have a deal with Ford, might now have a deal with Stellantis, but they're doing more walkouts with General Motors. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. You have got a walkout at a factory in Tennessee. This to apply pressure to GM to come to a deal. UAW confirming it was, I think, Friday they had reached a tentative agreement with Stellantis, which owns uh, Chrysler. Just like they said, they have come to a deal with Ford. But the Ford stock has not been responding like, hey, this is a good thing. They're like, oh, no. Now, this goes kind of with another story. And never let it be said that I do not discuss everything under the sun. America is not buying into forced EVs. If you want an electric vehicle, you should be able to get one. That they're on the market doesn't bother me at all. Hybrids, electric vehicles, some people want them. For some people, it's perfect. For some people, it's a dream. Go ahead. So you should. And, and people have said to me, how in the world do you do the ads for uh, for Andy Moore Ford and, and the electric vehicles? And the answer is because they're a local car dealership and a local group, and I want to be supportive, and it makes sense to to have an advertiser who's right here in Indianapolis. You know what that advertiser sells? A whole bunch of things. And one of those is electric vehicles because Ford offers them. Should we not talk about it? That's insane. It would be insane to be like, oh, I would never. I want to see Andy Moore Ford thrive. I want to see the whole Andy Moore group thrive. Thrilled to have them and more than happy to talk about it. And I've talked about my experience. I'm driving the 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 Mach-E, which is the 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 Mustang uh, electric vehicle. I don't know why they called it the Mustang. I will admit to that, and nothing makes people angrier than the fact that they called it the Mustang. But as a vehicle, it's been tremendous. It's been tremendous. But if you want one, you should be able to go to to Andy Moore Ford in Plainfield and be like, "Hey, talk to me about this thing. Hey, I want to get one." Force on a governmental level, is a totally different thing. Well, one of the things that's being learned, and, and everybody is dealing with this economically, the the price absolutely is not for everybody. That's why you got to take a look at the deals, take a look at incentives and all these kinds of things that people put out there, and the government's putting out there, and we can agree or disagree about that. I get the point. Incentivizing certain autos for the government, that's not their role. <laughs> Guys, I can manage to walk and chew gum all at the same time. I'm with you. But I need to make sure that everybody's with the idea that a business can manufacture something. It's not against the law. So why not support it? That's what I do. But 
it's not just Ford. It's General Motors. It's Mercedes saying that people in, you know, in, in a large measure are looking at the cost of electric vehicles and saying, yeah, that's, um, that's kind of uh, rough. That's kind of rough right there. If you, if you don't mind me saying so, that's a bit expensive. GM saying we're moderating the acceleration of EV production in North America to protect our pricing, adjust to slower near-term growth and demand, and implement engineering efficiency and other improvements that will make our vehicles less expensive to produce and more profitable. Because you're going up against uh, Tesla, where they have got that well under control. We have also discussed, I have no problem with electric vehicles in a fleet. I think it's very strange to move your entire fleet electric. And so GM has to really rethink this. I think Volvo is going all electric. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. A part of the arsenal, sure. The entirety of the arsenal, mistake. Well, I think that the the electric vehicle conversation does have an effect on where these negotiations have been. By the way, I I was right about Ford. Ford, if we take a look at it, um, August 1st. I don't know if that was before the strike or not. Uh, August 1st, yeah, it was that was before the strike, was $13 a share, 13.42. On the day before the announcement, or the day of the announcement that they had worked to deal with, uh, with United Auto Workers, it was $11.35 a share. Okay, went down two bucks. In a day, it went down to nine ninety six a share. That kids was a hey, we don't necessarily like this agreement. Well, I think that the the electric vehicle part of it's going to end up being a part of it as well. Now, what happens with with General Motors now? The Spring Hill, Tennessee facility was 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 walked out. I think that's where they make trucks. Spring Hill makes uh, the Cadillac SUVs, and they make engines. So that's a, that's a plant that, that makes the money. So I, don't, I, I honestly don't know. Now, I will tell you, I had also thought that things were not going great, but I never knew, um, you know, what was going on behind the scenes. I didn't think things were going well. These deals right now with Ford and Stellantis are tentative. Tentative. They haven't been they haven't been completed yet. So anything can go wrong. Will Stellantis go will General Motors come to a deal soon? I don't know. I really don't know where they're at. We will watch and see.